watch and listen to the talking news every day at 12 noon and 6 p.m. on channel 96 Comcast Xfinity and channel 30 Verizon Fios. It can also be heard Mondays and Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. and Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. on Channel 9 Xfinity and Channel 29 Fios. Listen anytime on the BMC Podcast Network on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for the Belmont Media Podcast Network. And now on to the talking news. <clears throat> Belmont High presents Shrek the Musical by Joanna K. Uh, Juvalis. Belmont High's spring musical this year is Shrek the Musical, which is based on the uh, DreamWorks animation film Shrek. Ezra Flam, the uh, Belmont High School theater specialist and performing arts company producer, director, said he chose Shrek not only because it is a fun fairy tale and will appear and will appeal to uh, family audiences, but because the music is really special and will showcase the strong acting, orchestra, singing, and dancing skills of the students in the production. This show has a huge has huge costumes, a massive set, a really big pit band, and a lot of pots that feature strong singing, strong dancing, really wacky and wild props, a lot of complicated sound things that will happen with the show, said Flam. He said this year's production has more students in it uh, than any other show in the past, which means more costumes than they've ever had in a show before. The costume crew has the work cut out, cut out for them, creating 18 unique costumes for the fairy tale characters and also creating costumes for the citizens of Dulwich, who have to look uniform and the same. Uh, Kristen uh, Riles, who helped uh, last year's Chenery Middle School musical, is overseeing all the makeup, wigs, and prosthetics uh, for the show. She's been having a weekly workshops for her students helping with the makeup to practice creating the 18 different fairy tale characters, including the three pairs, the three little pigs, the Mad Hatter, and the Ugly Duckling, the Wicked Witch, and the Sugar Plum Fairy. Many of these students play more than one character and have to be able to wash off their makeup cleanly and quickly between scenes. Belmont High School senior Eli Barnes, who plays Shrek, will be completely covered in makeup and prosthetics uh, except for his eyes and mouth with a latex mask and prosthetics. Fiona, played by Belmont High School senior Valentine Reynolds, will have to change from a person and back to an org several times during the show. Makeup, costumes, and special effects will help with these quick transitions, said Flam. This is Bonds' uh, first leading role in a Belmont uh, High School musical with four solos. He has been practicing how to walk and talk like an org. He said Shrek uh, is, challenge, is a challenging character to play because he doesn't, uh, doesn't talk about how he feels and is secluded literally and mentally. For almost, for almost the entire play, he is so into himself, he won't share anything with anybody else. It's all in your head how he's feeling about things. 
You don't get to say, uh, you, you don't get to uh, say if he feels sad or angry about something until he finally reveals what he's been feeling for the whole show in the end. It's a lot of internal acting with Shrek and fun to play around with, he said. <clears throat> Bond said, unlike the movie Shrek, the musical includes the backstory for its main characters. The audience will learn how Shrek was disowned by his parents and how hot his life was, which is why he's so angry. Reynolds said she was so surprised and thrilled when she learned she was chosen for the role of Fiona. She, she said in many ways she feels similar to the character she is playing. I honest, honestly feel like I'm playing me on the stage with a little bit of an org twist, which is really fun and I can enhance the goofy moments she has in the show and the serious moments. She's trying to be who she, who she should be, but in reality, she should be just herself, which is the most important lesson, and it's something I live by and just adore about Fiona, she said. She said that the singing she has to do in the role of Fiona has been challenging because there are so many jumps, high and long notes she has to keep up, but she loves it. She loves working on it. And the show will run on March the 19th through the 21st at Belmont High School. And now over to my colleague, Claire. Thank you, Bob. Coronavirus risk in Belmont is still low. By John Bacon and Ken Altucker. You may go to coronavirus.gov for up-to-date information. The Belmont Health Department continues to monitor the latest information from the Centers for Disease Control, CDC, and the Massachusetts Department of Public Health, MDPH. Belmont Health Department staff is in regular contact with MDPH and has been informed that the risk for COVID-19 continues to remain low with low confirmed cases of COVID-19 in Massachusetts. At this time, the Belmont Health Department is following public health guidance provided by the CDC and MDPH, which may include the monitoring of individuals who may be quarantined at home as needed. Town officials will continue to monitor the situation and implement CDC and MDPH guidance at the local level. As this situation continues to evolve, if any special instructions are provided, the Belmont Health Department will communicate them to the community. We are encouraging residents to continue to be mindful of where they obtain their information about the virus. The CDC and MDPH websites are both trusted and reliable sources of objective information. Residents should also feel free to contact our office if they have any questions, said Belmont Health Director Wellesley Chin. Potential impact in the USA. On February 24th, a federal health official warned that the deadly coronavirus could cause severe disruptions in the USA as global experts struggle to fend off the outbreak and avoid a pandemic. Is it too late? Disruption to everyday life may be severe. Nancy Messonnier, director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention National Center for Immunization and Respiratory Diseases, warned 
at a news conference February 25th. Schools could be closed, mass public gatherings suspended, and businesses forced to have employees work remotely, she said. Ms. O'Neill said the coronavirus has caused sickness and death and sustained person-to-person -person transmission. That's two of three factors for a pandemic, she said. As community spread its detected in more and more countries, the world moves closer to meeting the third criteria, worldwide spread of the new virus, Masonia said. Although the World Health Organization determined on February 24th that the term pandemic did not fit the facts, experts said it very soon could. Dennis Carroll, former director of the U.S. Agency for International Development's Global Health Security and Development <coughs> Unit, credited China's extraordinary control measures with delaying the spread of the virus. But he said avoiding a pandemic is very unlikely. The dramatic uptick of cases in South Korea, Iran, Italy are reflective of a self-sustaining spreading of the virus and a clear message that the horse is out of the barn. Carol, who leads the Global Virome Project Science Cooperative, told USA Today. Melissa Nolan, a medical doctor and professor of epidemiology at the University of South Carolina's An Arnold School of Public Health, cited new clusters in Iran, which faces at least 95 cases and has had 10 deaths and Italy, which is dealing with many cases. If we continue to see focalized local transmission in areas outside of China, the WHO will need to reconvene, Nolan told USA Today on Tuesday. We are very close to seeing the virus becoming a pandemic. Nolan said responses to the outbreaks in Iran and Italy could help health officials in other countries prepare their own medical and quarantine policies before an outbreak. That is crucial, said Robert Gladder, an emergency physician at New York's Lenox Hill Hospital, who fears the world is on the cusp of a pandemic. Trying to contain a disease which spreads like influenza, in this case, COVID-19, is almost impossible, he said. We are talking about rapid-fire sustained transmission. The global death toll from coronavirus rose to more than 3,000 on Tuesday night, with more than 81,000 confirmed cases. That means re redirecting the focus from containment measures to preparing for treatment of big numbers of sick patients with antivirals while containing the effort to develop an effective vac vaccine. Beyond an epidemic, which involves a defined region, a pandemic has global impact. It can be a moving target. There is no threshold, such as a number of deaths or infections. WHO, which could make a pandemic declaration, describes a pandemic as an epidemic occurring worldwide or over a very wide area, crossing international boundaries and usually affecting a large number of people. Now, here's Bob. Thank you, Claire. 
Preventive measures for the coronavirus. The best prevention for the coronavirus is to wash your hands, according to officials from the Massachusetts Department of Public Health. Use soap and warm water for at least 20 seconds, the department says on its website. Public health officials also advise people to cover their coughs and sneezes and stay home if they're sick. They do not recommend people wear face masks in public in Massachusetts with the risk of contracting the virus is low, nor do they advise canceling public events at this time. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has some additional advice. Avoid all non-essential travel to the People's Republic of China. The Center's travel advisory does not include Hong Kong, Macau, or the island of Taiwan. WHO Director General Tedros does not want to go there. I have spoken consistently about the need for facts, not fear, Tedros said. Using the word pandemic now does not fit the facts, but it may certainly cause fear. Ogobanya Omenka, an assistant professor and public health specialist at Butler University's College of Pharmacy and Health Science, Sciences, says he understands the concerns. The main implications of declaring a pandemic is requiring or at least further urging national governments to prepare facilities and health workers to treat a lot of patients, Omenka told USA Today. Not only is this costly, it may also trigger panic, he warned. Countries may as well put in place these plans without the official announcement. Tedros stressed that a pandemic declaration would not eliminate the need for health authorities to continue testing, limiting contact with the sick, and encouraging frequent hand washington, the frontline defense. He noted that cases in China have declined for the past three weeks. In Wuhan, where health services were stretched when the outbreak began in December, the fatality rate is 2% to 4%. Elsewhere in China, it's less than 1%. The season's flu's death rate in the U.S. is less than 0.1%, according to the CDC. More than 30 million Americans have suffered from the flu this season, while the global number of confirmed coronavirus cases hasn't reached 100,000. There is a vaccine for the flu. Labs around the world are scrambling to develop one for the coronavirus. President Donald Trump requested $2.5 billion to fight the virus, including more than $1 billion towards developing a vaccine. Some congressional Democrats said that may not be enough. At a news conference Tuesday in India, Trump tried to tamp down concerns, saying the virus was very well under control in our country. Confirmed cases totaled 57 Tuesday, and no one has died in the USA, although one American died in Wuhan. We have very few people with it, and the people are all getting better, Trump said. On Twitter, Trump added that the CDC and his administration were doing a great job of handling the virus. The president's tweet came shortly after the U.S. military confirmed its first infection 
a soldier based in South Korea. The 23-year-old man is in self-quarantine and is off-base residence, U.S. military said in a statement. Missionier acknowledged the CD struck a more urgent tone in warnings of the, the virus in the USA. The proliferation of coronavirus in countries outside China raised the, the agency's expectations the virus will spread here. People are concerned about the situation. I would say rightfully so, Messonnier said. But we're putting our concerns to work preparing. Now is the time for businesses, hospitals, communities, schools, and everyday people to begin preparing as well. And now I turn you over to my colleague, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Westcott Home and Garden set to open. Uh, Westcott Mercantile's holiday pop-up, the, the Annex, <clears throat> at 49 uh, Leonard Street, closed in January and is now becoming a Westcott home and garden. The grand opening was on uh, March the 7th uh, from noon to 6 p.m. I have always had a passion for gardening, stemming from the time my husband and I lived in Vermont and we were cultivated our own vegetables and flower gardens said Mary Westcott Tomajan, the owner and curator of Westcott Mercantile. It's been proven that plants make people happy and create an inviting spaces inside and outside of the home. Gardening allows people to have a hobby that is manageable and fun, easy to learn, and creative all at the same time. The new store will sell things that are reminiscent of old gardens, such as vintage bird cages, Gorgeous old garden gates, even old metal hardware bins that can be repurposed uh, to become as outdoor planters. And I decided to expand my store into a second location to incorporate both garden and home decor. It will be this space uh, that the idea of Westcott Home and Gardens took shape, said Tomogen. The new store will also host small classes two times a month with a local Arlington gardener, uh, Ferris Buck Donham. Ferris is an incredibly interesting person, and I think her classes will be a perfect addition to the Westcott Home and Garden. Saying she is a, a god, uh, she is a gardener covers only a small piece of what she does. She taught horticulture at a prison for 12 years. She forages in Maine and locally for things to use in her gardening projects and is a creator of beautiful things from found objects. I'm so excited to have her as part of Westcott Home and Gardens teaching classes, said Tomogen. And now over to my colleague Claire. Thanks, Bob. Panel of Authors Talk at Belmont Books by Elizabeth McLaughlin. Belmont Books held their latest event in their Writer's Craft series on February 13th, featuring a panel of local authors. Stephanie Gale, author of the Idle Threats series, Kelly Ford, author of Cottonmouths, a novel, and Emily Ross, author of Half in Love with Death. The event focused on writing crime novels, and the three authors shared their tips and experiences of working within a genre, including how to conduct background research and find inspiration for novels. The question is, why? 
Why are we drawn to this dark genre? Emily Ross asked the panel. Gail said she is interested in researching American ideas of the criminal justice system, racial profiling, and the industrial prison complex. I think crime fiction allows you to examine those things in a direct light, she said. The bookstore holds three to five events each week, all free and open to the public. According to Kathy Crowley, co-owner of Belmont Books, the goal of these frequent events is to grow community connections. Books are, in a way, a conversation, Crowley said. So yes, you read your book or your Kindle privately and at home, but there's a sense of greater conversation around that. I think it's great having a place where that can happen. I think that is a really important function of bookstores. Past events include Harry Potter, trivia nights, documentary screenings, baking competitions, and choir performances. The turnout rates for these events varies greatly from only four to five attendees to more than 100 attendees. Belmont resident Brooke Colella has attended almost every event the bookstore offers for years because she finds them informative. I just want to continually learn for the rest of my life, and this is a good way to learn because all the authors here write on different subjects. They come from different backgrounds. They come from different places in the world, Colella said. In an interview prior to the event, the panelists weighed in on the importance of supporting independent bookstores. We are so lucky to live in a place where we actually have bookstores, and so many people don't. We talk about shopping locally <coughs> and keeping the jobs local and the money local because we know it can contribute to a neighborhood where we are not just stuck with a bunch of generic box stores, Ford said. As a frequent attendee, Kalela also emphasized the benefits of local booksellers. I like the intimacy, Kalela said. I come in here and they all know my name, and I know theirs. You don't get that if you go to a huge bookstore. Belmont Books opened in 2017 and is the only independent bookstore in Belmont. Their events serve as a gathering and workshop space for aspiring authors in the Belmont area. So much of being a writer is sitting alone. That is how it is when you're starting out. It's such a lonely occupation, but it doesn't have to be. We're just surrounded by each other, Ford said. Now over to Bob. Thank you, Claire. Film screening to be held March 11th by Samantha Kelts and Amu Dinesh. The film, Bending the Ark, will be shown from 6 to 8 p.m. March 11th with a Q&A session featuring a panel of leaders from Partners in Health from 8 to 9 p.m. at Chenery Middle School Auditorium, 95 Washington Street, Belmont. The free event will be presented by students at Belmont High School and recent alums in association with Partners in Health Engage the Social Action Committee of First Church, Belmont Unitarian Universalist, and Belmont Against Racism. All are welcome to attend and learn about global health equity and the fight for health as a human right. Bending the Ark tells the story of the doctors and activists Jim Yong Kim, 
Ophelia Dow and Paul Farmer and their innovative approach to healthcare in impoverished nations. In a mission that was both medical and moral, they began their journey in rural Haiti using a community health model to treat diseases such as HIV AIDS and tuberculosis. Based on ideas of solidarity rather than charity and health as human right, these individuals revolutionized the field of global health and have thus far saved millions of lives. The Q&A session consists of a speaker panel, including Sharif Bangora, a leader on the clinical operations team at Partners in Health, and Sarah Coleman, PIH's mental health officer. Other speakers will be announced as the event approaches. Motivated by the conviction that health is a human right, we believe that it is essential to stand in solidarity with those disproportionately affected by inequality and lack of access to high-quality health care. Everyone, even those living in the most impoverished regions in the world, deserve health care. While it may seem that Belmont and other local communities are far removed from the work that Partners in Health does globally, issues of health affect everyone. In Lynn, only 20 miles from Belmont, rates of TB among the foreign population is 24.6 cases per 100,000 people, compared to the state average of three cases per 100,000 people. Belmont's high school's Dr. Jeffrey Shea teaches about PIH in his global leadership class and reports that the work of PIH and the idea of a preferential health care option for the poor has captured student interest and inspired them in a way that few th other things that he teaches have. Partners in Health emphasizes grassroots organizing and relies on community members such as Shea's students to push for global health equity. In fact, many of Shea's students have gone on to be leaders of college and young professional PIH teams throughout the U.S. It is up to us to come together as a community and educate ourselves on combating injustice in the health center. If, this, if you would like to be a part of this movement and then learn more about PIH's work, we invite you to attend the screening and panel discussion with experts who work with Partners in Health. And now to my colleague, Bob. Thank you, Bob. <clears throat> Calendar of events on Thursday, March the 12th, Author Erica Forensic will give a talk on a new book, Into the Jungle. This will take place between 7 and 8.30 p.m., again on March 12th at the Billerica Public Library, which will be at 15, that's at, located at 15 Concord Road, and the cost is free. Into the Jungle follows the resourceful Lily Bushwald as she refuses to compromise on love and risks everything on a perilous journey through the spider and snake infested rainforest of Bolivia. Forensic uh, will uh, discuss the new book and give a presentation on her own trip into the jungles, uh, uh, into the jungle in the Peruvian uh, Amazon. Again, for more information, you may call, uh, that would be 978. 
again, 978-671-0948. And now over to Claire. Thanks, Bob. Becca Peasy 5K registration now open. Registration is now open for the 2020 Becca Peasy annual 5K. The 2020 event will take place on April 26 at the Belmont High School track, 221 Concord Ave. Runners of all ages, as well as walkers, are encouraged to register for the event, which celebrates endurance runner and Belmont resident Becca Peasy. Proceeds from the event support scholarships for Belmont High School student athletes. Becker's 5K and Fun Run has become one of our great community events, said Roy Epstein, Belmont Selectman. I and my fellow select board members hope you can run, attend, or contribute. All proceeds will support scholarships for Belmont High School graduates. The event will include a kids' fun run that will start at 9 a.m., Registration for the kids' event is $10, and all finishers of the one-mile race receive a medal. The 5K race will begin at 9.30 a.m. Registration for this race is $25, and there will be awards for top men's and women's finishers in the eight different age groups. Participants will have a chance at other awards and giveaways throughout the day. Strollers are welcome. Becca's spectacular accomplishments as a distance runner inspire all of us, said State Senator William Brownsberger. It's wonderful that she is bringing this event to Belmont and raising funds for our students. Fitness Together Belmont partners with Becca Peasy to organize this great community event that celebrates the love of running. Peasy, a lifelong Belmont resident, is an endurance marathoner and two-time World Marathon Challenge champion. In 2016 and 2018, PZ ran seven marathons on seven continents in seven days. Other sponsors of the Becca PZ Annual 5K include Cambridge Trust, Dr. Scholes, Pediatric Dental Arts, Leon Waugh Auto Group, W.T. Phelan, and H. Factor. Now over to Bob. Thank you, Claire. Fatal crash under investigation. Police Department is asking the public for information concerning a fatal motor vehicle crash on Winter Street by Joanna K. Tuvelis. The Belmont Police Department is asking the public for information concerning a fatal motor vehicle crash on Winter Street at Robinwood Road in Belmont at approximately 4 p.m. on February 24th. A brown Toyota Camry, operated by a Belmont resident, heading southbound towards Marsh Street, collided with the green motorcycle heading northbound towards Route 2. The operator of the motorcycle, 16-year-old Andrea Matochia of Watertown, succumbed to his injuries and passed away in the hospital on February 27th. Matochia, nicknamed Dre by his close friends and family, was an electrical major in the 11th grade at Miniman High School. The Belmont police are asking for any persons who may have witnessed the crash to please come forward. Anyone with information should contact 
Officer Matt Benoit of the Belmont Police Department at 617-993-2501 or 617-993-2535. The incident is currently under investigation by the Belmont Police Department with the assistance of the Middlesex District Attorney's Office. And now to my colleague, Bob. Along with my colleagues, uh, Claire and Bob, we thank you for listening to the Talking News and hope you've enjoyed the show. We will return next week for another edition of Local News Happenings Around Belmont.